Here we go again. Thank you for stepping into the coach's box back with another episode. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by Coach J, Coach Murph, Coach Pace, and Coach Natty T. We got a very special show for y'all. As you know, we're about to embark on Wild Card Weekend. This is arguably one of the most exciting weekends that football provides its fans. So we're going to dive into that a little bit later, but it would be irresponsible of us if we didn't go and talk about a couple things, a couple housekeeping things first. First of all, we talked about the national championship game last week. We made our predictions. We were all rolling tide. No, we except, uh, <laughs> except. No, <laughs> like except for one of us, right? I think there was one of us that picked Jordan. Like my I heart. Thought, uh, I thought Natty T took you picked Jordan. Jordan. So there were two. We were split. Yeah. We were split. So we were split in half. My heart was with Georgia. My mind was with Alabama. And I hate to say it, Coach Natty T and Coach Murph were right. What were your thoughts about the championship game? Uh, why Georgia was able to take it? What did you like that they did? Or what did Alabama do wrong? So what really happened in this game? Um, I don't think they really did anything wrong there. It was a lot of uncontrollable things like injuries that, that played a role. Um, but I just had the mindset of Georgia was just the better team. They have been all year. Um, and uh, I mean, me and, and coach Natty T were just talking about, we were just like thinking like th this coach has to beat Saban at some point in time. Um, and <laughs> like, this was literally like, the perfect layup like you have the better team just go in and, and coach so I just I don't think Bama did anything wrong they it was just I think the game went how it was supposed to go um and honestly right now all I'm saying is this is like the beginning of the end to the Bama run not saying that they're not going to ever be good but I don't think it's going to be a consistent like them going on a, you know, three, four year run of winning national championships, especially with, you know, the transfer pool going crazy and, you know, players getting money off of their likeness that they're going to start exploring these other uh, schools. And I think it's going to be a lot more competitive in a way, but more so saying that we won't go in every year expecting Bama versus whoever. So. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, not much to add. I think, uh, I mean, I thought Georgia overall is a better team. And, you know, like Coach Murph said, I just thought, I mean, eventually, you know, Kirby Smart would have to be saving at some point. Um, I did think, <laughs> not that it surprised me, but I think Bill O'Brien sucks as an <laughs> offensive coordinator. I don't understand. I mean, they pretty much walked down the field the whole game. And then he's calling the most basic plays in the red zone. I understand their best receiver went out, but still, I mean, that's the play. Those are the plays you come up with at that point in the game. Bill O'Brien. Hmm. And somehow he's a hot coaching candidate in the NFL, but I guess we'll, we'll talk about that later, but I don't know. Um, as far as Saban goes, um, <laughs> I couldn't help but think this at the end of the game. I still think it was somewhat of a win for Saban because 
um, for Nick Saban, as, as, as I should say, because, you know, that Kirby Smart, that was his protege for the most part. And, you know, he kind of built the team the way Saban used to build his teams, like pretty much stacked everywhere else. And then really your weakest player is your quarterback. So you're just hoping he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. You're going to run the ball. You're going to play fantastic defense. Whereas it was interesting, Alabama was on the flip side to where Nick Saban has kind of evolved to where he's getting like a top quarterback in there throwing the ball a lot. So I thought that was an interesting dichotomy. Um, I kind of disagree with Coach Murph as far as Alabama going forward. I still think Nick Saban in Alabama, I, 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 <laughs> I've nicknamed the college football playoff the Alabama Invitational because they may not win it every year. But I saw a stat since Nick Saban has been in Alabama, I think since his first national championship, there's only one national champion that hasn't played Alabama and beat them on their way to winning the national championship, and that was Florida State. Every other national champion since then, you at least got to play Alabama to, to go on. You're a so guest. <laughs> I, still, I still think that will continue somewhat. Um, obviously again, they may not win it every year. I mean, you really haven't won it every year, but it's the Alabama Invitational. And I think what's scary is that was his youngest team that he's had make it that far to the national championship. Really, they have the two best players in college football still. So would I be surprised if they're in the national championship again next year? No. So that was kind of my takeaway. It's still overall. It's still a win for Nick Saban in a way because Kirby Smart, his guy, and it's still a win for SEC football because they've just clearly shown that at least they're – they may not be – like the entire conference may not be as good, but they are top-heavy as hell. <laughs> they're going to continue to be top-heavy as hell. So Let me on record, that's kind of my takeaway. On record, they will not make – the national championship next year, and they won't win a championship in the next two years. <laughs> Man, that's a bad on record. Yeah. So I, you mentioned their their youth, and that's what came to my mind, not as an excuse, but maybe more as, as a a reason for why some mistakes were made. The mistakes you usually don't see out out of Alabama, you know. So how much a coach pace like? Let me know your thoughts. How much does Bryce Young's inexperience come into play as far as not being able to close out that game? He was set up to fail. Mm. I, it's plain and simple because that the like Coach Natty T said, the play calling in the red zone was abysmal. Like flat out abysmal. Like you gassed them from 20 to 20, and all of a sudden you you start calling the most basic, like land calls I mean you're not running the football like you should um, on crucial downs like third and short or third and five so you can get it to a fourth and short maybe go for it because you guard I mean more than likely if you do the percentages or analytics because you know everybody's in the analytics if you do the analytics you'll probably get it or you at least have a higher than 50 percent chance of getting it and I mean at the in the with the grand scheme of things I'm gonna just be honest once you lose your one and your two in college football and you got to throw freshmen on the field, it's a wrap, especially against the Georgia defense. Like, uh, 
I mean, Michi, what's his name? Uh, Michi was gone, and then, I mean, you watch your best player tear his ACL on, like, a non-contact injury, which I called at the time. You did. It, immediately when it happened, Coach Pace yeah. texted Coach Murphy and I said he tore his yeah. ACL. Yeah. That, that, that was – because you low, you overload the knee like that, and then it goes inside. Like, best knee to hit right there. But I was like, I feel like at that point it was a deflator. Um, just because, like, you watch him walk off the field, you sitting there like, shoot, you got to rely on some young guns that ain't really had no PT. So, I mean, and then, I mean, the granted, I give George's defense credit because they were getting after Bryce for sure. But I'm like, you lose your one and your two, the two dudes that had a thousand yards and I think ten plus touchdowns. I mean, it's kind of a wrap from there, um, especially with bad play calling. Didn't he go out in the third? Was it the third quarter? He went out. Uh, it was. It was second. Second, second, second quarter. So it he was, it was close. Like it wasn't like it was a back and forth game at that point. They just took mm-hmm. off, and then Bryce tried to force passes towards the end. He threw the pick six. I mean. Mm-hmm. The game was chalked anyway, but because they they wasn't gonna score, but so Williams goes out. He still he was still the second um, highest receiver <laughs> as far as yards are concerned in the game. So lot lot two got 102 yards, but Williams is the next highest one with 65, mm-hmm. and he left mm-hmm. in the second quarter. <laughs> so right. like, what Youth. what is happening? Youth, uh, I mean. Mm-hmm. And I mean, youth and Bill O'Brien. That's that's basically <laughs> youth and Bill O'Brien <laughs> summarized the game. And I, they, had, they had them like most of the game, like two and a half, three quarters. It's like, all right, then Bama gonna make a play, and they never made the play in mm-hmm. Georgia. Yes, because Bama always makes the play, right? Every time they make the play, and you know, Coach Nat was texting me because I, I the reason why I couldn't go like in my mind with Georgia, even though I wanted them to win, is because Bennett, man, like I didn't, I was like, this dude ain't going, he, he's going to fold like a cheap tent in the middle of the wilderness. Like he's not going to be able to do it. <laughs> and and I, for like the first two and a half quarters, that's exactly what happened. Like, you know, Coach Nat texted me like, that's a JV move right there. Like he can't even complete this pass. He, He's making the wrong reads. He's holding on to the ball too long. He's taking hits and sacks that he's not supposed to. And I I really put a lot of the praise on the Georgia defense because they kept Georgia relevant the entire game. So it's like, bro, like, Bennett, like, you just got to make one or two plays. That's all you need to do. We'll handle the rest. You make two play, two big plays, we'll be fine. Those two big plays, two touchdowns, you know, then this the pick six. Though. His receivers made them like to the catch over the DB, bro. That's a tough Ooh, catch. Oh man, that was yes, well, it's a way better catch. He snagged it over the DB with the PI, and they, even though they didn't call it because that was Loki a PI. Mm-hmm. And then like, uh Pickens, when he threw that like 60 yarder, he yeah. still overthrew mm-hmm. him. Pickens is like six five and like a first round talent. So he all hands team snagged it. And those are like two of the plays I saw. Mm-hmm. And then uh, running backs, I mean, another big play was James Cook cut back across the field mm-hmm. when like 60. And then you got uh, mm-hmm. what's his name? Zeus. They call him Zeus or whatever. I don't know. He built like Thanos. But 
Samir I'm, White. Yeah, he went for another thirty yarder and then punched it in from touchdown. So like he got yeah. a lot of. He did what he needed I, to do. I turn the ball over. There we go. You know what? I I, I agree, but I still think that. I think that Georgia Georgia actually could have scored more points in this game because there was a lot of times where they set themselves back with penalties where they turn them their their second down second and 10 or second and seven into second and 15 second and 21 or third and long and that was really what like slowed them down too yes the first half I enjoyed it because it was like great evenly matched hardcore defense your offense ain't doing anything but field goals but I think as both quarterbacks those both teams started to get more comfortable um and and start to I don't know feel like they could sling the ball better make better decisions Georgia I feel like had the upper hand and then I do agree coach Pace with the the receiver situation with Alabama but I think they could have stayed in it if those receivers caught those balls because some of those passes from Bryce was on the money in the guy's hand and it didn't come down twice at least did y'all see the one where he was backpedaling and he like sidearmed it and Uh dude could have caught it on the sideline with the D in the end zone and he dropped it Mm mm-hmm they had opportunities, man. George, uh, Alabama could have still scored. Stunt. I, I just, I, it's too bad. Like you said, the one and two gone, that made a big difference. Yeah. And yeah. I wish that Alabama had more of a rushing presence that game. They only ran for 30 yards. I, I, I don't know. That doesn't feel like Bama to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because right, um, who do you, who do you think? Cause I know, Coach Murphy alludes it to it, um, but besides Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, I mean, and then maybe another SEC team, but do you see like a USC, Texas, Oklahoma, Florida State getting back in the mix anytime soon? I just don't see it. I give Jackson State a better chance. <laughs> <laughs> And, t- and they can't even because they're not even in the same division, really. Because aren't they like it's the um because I know there's D one, but it's not it's not um it's like the F um it's like the FCS, right? FCS, yeah, like it's like one double, yeah, FCS, yeah. Because <laughs> I just I don't know, I just still see kind of the same. Kind of the same script. I don't. I don't know what's what. I don't know. Maybe Lincoln Riley can do something. He's in L.A. Pull some NIL <laughs> deals out there. But Notre Dame maybe a sleeper because they got Marcus Freeman. But like I said, that's a sleeper. Yeah, but I feel like they're like it's it's, it's similar with like a like a Michigan too. Like they just get in their own way because it's like they they still try to hold up this whole BS of integrity and. We're about academics. It's like, man, we just go buy you some players and quit playing and go yeah, compete. Yeah. Like, just, lucky. just yeah. stop. Just, like, just stop it. Just go buy you some players and get it over with. Like, quit. Like, let's just cut all the BS and just do what you got to do. <laughs> it, it's just crazy how games boil down to, a, you know, a couple made plays, a couple missed plays. And, uh, Speaking of games that happened this weekend and someone only needing to make a couple of plays, like too bad Carson Wentz couldn't do that. Man, that, we don't got to talk. Man, oh my gosh. Hey, 
speaking from a Philly fan, thank God he played his 75% snaps because the deal with Philly was that we get a first-round pick, either he plays at least 75% of his snaps or they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And he screwed them <laughs> on that. So obviously we won the deal because we made the playoffs and we got three first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm I honestly don't know what the Colts do from here because like I'm looking at Wentz and like of course you want him to run it back per se. You don't want to like give up on him like that. But I mean, it's not like you can trade him for anything because everybody's going to be like, okay, well you're literally in the ideal situation and you screwed that up too. So, like, you're pretty much stuck with them <laughs> for like another year or two. But mm-hmm. I, I felt bad for I felt bad for Colts fan. I'm just like, you went that from you know Philip Rivers taking you to the playoffs, and then Carson Wentz comes in and just the Jags, the Jaguars. I'm telling y'all, this is karma for how they did luck. They did luck so dirty because they wouldn't get luck no help. They wouldn't get him a line. He was getting beaten batter, and he retired. Because he was and like, I can't do it. And he literally couldn't do it no more. And you know, they booed him off the field. Man. So, you know, this is what happens. Karma. Bro, if I'm, that team was together with Andrew Luck, oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is Andrew for Luck would have tore the AFC up. Like, bro, I miss watching him play. Yeah, man. Because they, they, like, they had a good – It's like you might as well just – Tried to get Philip Rivers the running back one more year. At least, usually you'd have made it to the playoffs. I don't oh know yeah, what salary to come back? It, right, you know, like it, it's just especially looking at Jonathan Taylor's MVP like performing season. Like you just wasted a running back's MVP performing season. Like you just wasted it. Like in a division where half of the division is trash. You have the Jaguars and Texans in your division. They give you an extra playoff spot, and you still can't get in. You still find a way to mess it up. Like, come on. Like, I Okay. Anyways. Like, I just wonder how the players in that locker room is looking at them at this point. Just like, dang, we really, like, stuck with you. Yeah. No, like, they do. They do. They do. <laughs> they just we at least beat Jacksonville, but they do. Yeah. They see them in practice every day. They know. It's just they were like, well, I mean, he could at least beat Jacksonville with an Ooh. interim coach. Like Jacksonville doesn't even have a head coach right now. He, gave, he even gave us an even better first round pick because <laughs> of the law. Yeah, like we got a higher pick because of them losing, not even because of we started off bad. Like we made the playoffs, so our we our pick is like you know later. But man, hey, hey shout out to Carson Wentz, man. Still looking out for the Eagles. Looking <laughs> out for Philly still. <laughs> all the Pittsburgh, all of Pennsylvania. All right? Yes. That's Steelers right. is happy too. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Carson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. He, he, he helped the whole state. That's absolutely true. I, I tell you, like last weekend was probably some of the greatest football I've seen in a while. Like you take it. I watched three overtime games. There were three oh overtime gosh. games. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm watching, you know, the Steelers game, hold, hold my breath the whole time. Like, Steelers, Baltimore going at it. Then I flip to the 49ers and Rams. They're chill. going at it. Chill, and go- chill, chill, chill. chill. 
I yes, that boy, one. Your boy. Mm-mm-mm. I ain't Damn. got my own segment because I would have gave him uh, what's it called? What's the it hot called? seat. He'd have been on. Oh, his. I'm talking about booty burning. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Sunday night game was absolutely phenomenal. Chargers oh, and Raiders. Mm-hmm. And I literally held my breath because it's like three minutes in overtime and no one scored. And I'm like, y'all, one of y'all better score. Like, what are the odds if they would have tied and the Steelers would have missed the playoffs? I'd have been heated. The funny thing is, I I actually bet on them tying because I was like, okay, if they, I like, this just seems like, you know, NFL script written, like, hey, they both tied, so they both make the playoffs. I was like, let me bet on on them tying. He would have if if Staley didn't call that timeout. Yeah. 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 They would have tied. Staley I think they both kind of like. Uh, he got paid. I feel off. like they both kind of, you know, winked at each other on the field. Like, yeah. Them. All right. Let's you know, just we make good. this deal. So then, yeah. And then Staley was like, "No, nah, we're gonna call timeout." And Ray was like, "Oh, okay. All right." Well, he got paid off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they put a call in. It's just like uh, a lot. Too many people bet on a tie. One of y'all gotta win this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I read where like if, if they did tie, that would have been one of like the biggest losses in Vegas history in terms mm-hmm. of the betting line. So mm-hmm. you may be right about that. They probably put in a call somewhere. And it was like, yo, you need to call timeout right now. Ain't got, got, it. It. <laughs> got that money. <laughs> we can't pay Coach Murph. Yeah. Man, yeah. I was sure. I was just like, oh, this is looking real promising. I was yeah. smart. Yeah. Man, just a couple so minutes with that was wild, and then you throw the national championship game on top of that the following day. Yeah, it was great football. You know what's not great football when you see questionable firing of head coaches, and we had two. We had two this week. You know, there are a lot of people. You know, there's about seven vacancies in the NFL, but two of them really left people scratching their heads a little bit, especially this first one. Brian Flores out as Miami Dolphins head coach after going nine and eight. First team in NFL history to, to lose seven games in a row and win seven games in a row. Certainly a roller coaster season. And as ownership, I understand you don't want to see that on the regular. But let's put this into its context, right? I'm going to ask you all, and you all just trying. Do you think Tua is the long-term answer in Miami? No, yes. no. So we have two no's, three no. no's. Coach Jay, what do you think? He could be. I think he could, could be. be. So we have three and a possible, like a game of spades. We have three and a possible. Yeah. Okay, so so that much hesitation tells me that he's not the answer. Okay. Not only, and we talked about this last week because he almost sabotaged my fantasy football championship. <laughs> he almost single-handedly sabotaged me, got me 0. 0.30 points. Not even Not one even point. point. 0. And 0.30 the championship. And I still won the championship. That says more about me than it says about Tua. However, uh-huh. that's not the point right now. The point is, is that you had injuries throughout the season. You have a division who's getting better. So your, your, your matchups are going to be, you know, more tooth and nail. 
And you got a quarterback that mentioned throughout the season that he does not not feel wanted in Miami, using a double negative there, which means that there has been some hesitation. There's been some times where he has not felt wanted. That's what that means when you use double negatives like that. Because you, if, if, if he really felt wanted, he would just been like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I'll be fine. I'm just going through some growing pains right now. You have Jalen Waddle, who has proven to be a really good receiver, had a really good first season there. Devontae Parker was in and out of the lineup. All right. You got promising tight end and Jacecki. And you got a running game, which is kind of questionable because they kind of have to tack it by committee. No one's really jumped out there and said, Yeah, that's our guy. So they haven't found that guy yet, a running back that can carry the load. So you have a mediocre quarterback at best that gets you 0. 0.30 points and you get, you don't have really a running attack and you have some growing right receivers and a defense. That's okay. You got, have a winning record with the bills and the Patriots in your division in your conference, yeah, your division, you still, you still get fired. What are your thoughts on the Brian Flores? Did he deserve to get fired or not? Or was it close? Did you understand why they made the move? No. Um, <laughs> I don't think he shouldn't have got fired. What I heard, what I'm hearing is that since Flores, apparently once somebody in the higher up, like the GM or something, they're sold onto it. And Brian Flores was like, no, <laughs> we, we can't move forward with him. So that was the he wanted to drive Justin Herbert. Yeah. So like, and then now you see how how that's looking. But it's like they apparently they want somebody sold on tool, but then of course they're going to try to clean and save face, and then they ask like, uh, so you know what what's going to be like the thing for the next coach, like the quarterback situation. They said you know that's going to be on the coach. And I'm like, no, it's not because you fired the coach you had, a good coach you had, because he wasn't sold on your quarterback. So, uh, but I'm not too worried about it. He's going to get a job somewhere else. I just hope that he land in a good situation and not end up like, you know, the Jags offering, being the only team to offer him. I want like a team that can actually compete because he made the Dolphins a competitor. So, I don't want him to take a step back and then get point uh, a part of a rebuilding team just so if they do bad, they can be like, see, I told you he's not the guy. Cause you know, that's what the NFL is prolific for is giving minority coaches jobs for teams that aren't good. So, but yeah, now they, it's a done, a dumb move to fire them. And I'm like 90% sure whatever coach they bring in, they, probably won't have as much success as Brian Flores did. You know, and I heard rumors about Flores carrying over the same Belichick uh, atmosphere about being difficult to build relations, relationships with and connect with. I heard that stuff on sports radio. Um, but I think that's not, that's not the same, uh, level of uh, evaluation for the other coaches out there that are less colorful, are less uh, of a minority type of a coach. I think as long as your wins show, 
it doesn't matter how you treat players in the locker room um, until you get blasted out like uh, Urban Meyer did. But the point is, and what Patricia. I do know, and Patricia, we can go down the list, man. We can talk about who's y'all's ex-coach for uh, the Eagles? Uh, Brian Kelly? Ryan? Brian Chip, Kelly. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, that that was one thing I heard. That's rumor. But what what I do know to be facts is statistics. Like you said, you know, a coach that can have a winning record and statistics say also that it's been nearly two decades since they've had a winning record with a coach. And that was with Todd Bowles. <laughs> and that was only for three games. It doesn't make sense to move on from winning to me. And I understand that there might have been disagreement with ownership and where Flores wants to go with quarterback. I think he might have also been a part of the talks with Deshaun Watson and wanting to go that route. Um, but I think that there was a power struggle. On top of that, he's a minority. Let's move on. And that that made it excusable for them. But it doesn't make sense because you're just going back to the losing mentality and you're going to lose someone who's cleaning up the mess that you got in Miami. I think it's unfortunate that he's gone, um, but I'm not worried. Just like Murph said that he's coach Murph saying that he's going to find another job and he's going to clean up and hopefully make a team that's already good, even better. Um, but it does, it doesn't make sense to me either. I was quite surprised. I, because the, the thing out there is Deshaun Watson wants to play for Brian Flores. Like that, that was really, you know, a thing that would, they, they wanted to happen. I think both parties, I think Flores and Watson wanted to see that happen. And this season didn't allow that to happen, but they were looking to, to see if that could happen in the future. You know, one of the places that I hope Flores does not go is the Houston Texans. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Jeez. And um, they fired their head coach, David Cully, after one season. So, those you don't know, yeah. So, Deshaun Watson gets in trouble. All these question marks. They're having to rebuild once again. They're like, oh, we'll bring this David Cully guy in there. And we'll see if that gets Watson to come back to us. And Watson's like, you know, going through his thing. So, it's like, nah. Not going to happen. Does not take one snap for your team. You virtually have no running back. You know, you had to have like a, an old, you know, Ingram there for a minute. That was the best you had all season. Can, so can you, you can you speak on why they don't have a a good running back? Because <laughs> what did they get rid of to get a to get a competent running back? What did they get rid of? for a David Johnson. Yes. Injury prone, David Johnson. Brill O'Brien special. <laughs> Brill O'Brien special. Yes. I want to pin it on the black man. Yes. Yes. So, Cook's had a good season. So, you have a, one good wide receiver, one really good wide receiver, no running backs. Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. You know, he was doing okay, and he gets hurt. And then, so now you got um, Davis Mills a rookie who's starting that quarterback now who wasn't expecting to be starting doesn't do a horrible job, honestly, to be completely objective. Like 
he's not trash. Like he's just a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's not the long-term answer for your team. They went four and 13 and he gets fired at the end of the season. Now insert Nick Casario, who's the GM of the Texans. He says, you know, there was just some philosophical differences between, between me and David Cody. Philosophical differences. And so he said, earlier today, I met with Coley and Tim Kelly to inform them that we will be moving in a different direction at the head coach and offensive coordinator positions. I came to this difficult but necessary decision after reviewing our football operation. I put in parentheses right there, the dumpster fire that is the Houston Texans. Uh, While a change after one season is unusual, we had philosophical differences over the long-term direction and vision for our program moving forward. Um, Another parentheses for me, what vision, question mark. Uh, We appreciate Coach Cully for helping us navigate through a difficult season, but it's my responsibility to make decisions that I feel are best for our organization. The search for a coach uh, at Houston Texans will begin immediately, end quote. You know what? I wish there was like some type of truth serum because I think the philosophical differences is be like, well, in my mind, he's black. So I'm assuming he could bring back our black quarterback. That's what I think he really wants to say. <laughs> but And with them being four and 13, like their record doesn't really speak to how competitive they were. Like they were a really competitive team for all the things they had to battle with in terms of injuries, rookie QB, no running game, no like true. Well, I mean, Brandon Cooks is a star, but outside of him, like no like true receivers in your defense is like, uh. <laughs> so, and then the fact that he's like, you know, knowing, like you said, the question mark around the vision and what direction you're going to go, any direction is better than whatever direction y'all were going. So the <laughs> fact that y'all allow everything else to happen and you have questions on what he wants to do moving forward, I'm like, you just allowed a man to get rid of D-Hop for David Johnson, but you want to question my vision. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> just call us a spade a spade and just say, like, I mean, we just brought him here to bring, thinking it'll bring Deshaun Watson back, and it didn't happen. So we got we cut loose from him. So yeah, Coach yeah. Page, make some sense of this, man. I can't make sense of stupidity. I mean. And over the last two years, well, I didn't say anything on Flores. Flores is 19 and 14. And he was 10 and 6 the season before. That doesn't make sense. I'm going to leave that alone. Whatever. David Coley, they just, I mean, I just feel like they just hired somebody to say they hired somebody. We got to meet a quota. So, we, yeah, like Coach Murph said, they hired him to bring Deshaun Watson back. But Deshaun Watson said he was done playing there anyway. Like, I don't I don't understand what they thought was going to happen. And then when he made him competitive, it was like, ooh, he's actually doing a good job. But you know what? I'm going to say philosophical differences. 
I don't even think he know how to spell philosophical. I'm gonna be honest with you. Cause that that it sounded like a BS reason to me, but whatever. I'm I'm over it at this point. I'm like, bro, y'all just y'all just feel it. I don't yeah. It's just everybody's trying to use Tomlin as the like the standard for black coaches. I'm like, boy, that's an anomaly among all coaches. Yeah. So, yeah. That's not really a good example. So we'll see what moves are made there. The the Dolphins have have some big shoes to fill and the Texans, let's see what that philosophical direction and vision and everything. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Because what y'all said, they spent the last two years dismantling the success that they did have. All right. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, like between the Dolphins and the Texans, I mean, they're, they're bad franchises. So I'm really not surprised both situations ended up the way they ended up. Um, I think where my mind goes is kind of more macro because, you know, there's a lot of outrage on, you know, obviously social media and just in general. But I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but there's really nothing going to change because, um, you know, I know – the initial reaction is to be mad at the NFL. And you know, I've heard Roderick Adele's name getting pushed out there, like, oh, he should do more. Well, the reality is Roderick Adele doesn't run the NFL. The owners do. Very down to like literally, <laughs> literally, Roderick Adele's boss or bosses are the owners. So they can put in Rooney rules. They can do this and do that, but there's really no way for Roger Goodell to like enforce them hiring more black coaches and putting them in better situations. There's no, there's no possible way of doing that. Um, I think the only way that would change is if the players take it amongst themselves to kind of advocate for black coaches, but that's not happening because they're really going to have to like go out on a limb and kind of band together and be like, Hey, we want this coach or we're not going to play like that sort of thing. And they're not going to do that because they barely can do that when it times come up for labor negotiations for their own stuff. So let alone put in jeopardy their money for a coach. (laughs) So I think it's a hot button topic. You know, maybe there'll be a few other black coaches that pop up here and there, but we'll be here, you know, two, three years down the road. It it, it just really doesn't matter because we have to like literally hope that these old, privileged, wealthy white men just do the right thing on merit. That's not happening. (laughs) It's not happening. So it's it's unfortunate, but like, honestly, I'm just kind of over it because I'm just like, Nothing's going to happen. So the owners have set it up beautifully to where they really don't like, (laughs) because Roger Goodell is kind of the face of the NFL, but literally he takes the brunt of the criticism that really should be directed at the owners because they run everything. But they really have, they really pay this man to just kind of take the brunt of the criticism. Like that's his job. Yeah. 
And this is why I hate Jerry Jones, by the way, because to be more specific, Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft are the ones that run the NFL. Because <laughs> when they were talking, when San, when San Diego Chargers were moving to LA, when the San, St. Louis Rams were moving to LA, it's Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones that are the ones that facilitate that. Period. Rules changes. Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft. They're the ones that facilitate that. It's not Roger Goodell. It's those two. That's why I hate Jerry Jones. And I used to be a Cowboys fan. But once I realized that he's really the evil devil pulling all the strings behind behind the, uh, the curtain, I hate that man. <laughs> so he rolls over and passes away. I'm done with the Cowboys. I'm done. Because I hate that man. What a <laughs> He's the devil reincarnated. And I'm not oh joking. I'm trying to tell you all, all those stuff with the NFL. Jerry Jones, I'm trying to tell you. I know. That's why, that's why I said his name specifically. I was like, it's Jerry Jones. I'm telling but you. The annoying part about it is, is just that, I mean, I know this is going to be a conversation that we're going to have to do every year because it's always going to be a wrongful firing of a minority coach. But it's like, yeah. Of course, you're set for life. Y'all are millionaires, billionaires, whatever. But, like, y'all just okay with losing? Like, y'all would pass up on a great Black coach just because he's Black, even though that it results in winning? <laughs> like, that's just the confusing part to me. It's just like, I mean, of course, they just like to pull the strings and be like, it's just like a, a live action like fantasy game to them it's like oh well let's just do this with the team so on and so forth but it's just like it what are you truly are you doing this to win or are you just doing this just so you can you know be in the you know, what is the good boys club or whatever just with your buddies and well whatever. it's the good boys club and I hate to sound cliche but it's about money because there's two ways to make money in nfl you can be successful like a robert Kraft. You can be a buffoon like Jerry Jones and just talk about the Cowboys so much that they get plaster all over TV, merchandising and all of that. Or you can suck. That's the reality. <laughs> Ask Donald Sterling. All those years that he owned the Clippers and they suck, you know, he was one of the most profitable owners in the NBA because he didn't spend any money. And he just pocketed the profit sharing. Mm -hmm. So the McNairs, the Texans, one of the worst franchises in the NFL, but they're one of the wealthiest because they don't spend any money. They just keep doing this over and over again. Got to owns the Miami Dolphins. Same thing. That's how you make money. So that's, that's, what's why Robert, that's why Robert Kraft was pissed when Bill Belichick was signing all those contracts. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, there's three ways to do it. You, like I said, you can be, you can do the New England Patriots route and win. You do the Jerry Jones route, or you can just suck. Because all the other teams in between, they're the lowest. Not well. Obviously, they're all billionaires, but I have the rankings, but I'm not going to share all that. But those teams that are kind of like in the middle, competitive some years, and then okay and then make the playoffs and then okay they're at the bottom in profitability right you have to you have to either feed into profitability yep. or fandom 
yep. there's really those two routes that you're going to go. You're yep. going to be competitive or you're just going to be making money. Yep. But speaking so, of making money, I yep. was trying to squeeze this in a while ago. Kali, I, I, I think it was really weird to say if I'm an owner and I, and I want to move on from a coach, why would I hire him one year and then he's fired, but he's guaranteed that money after the job is over? That doesn't make sense to me. That's throwing away money. You already have a trash fire and now you're going to throw more money into a different fire. I, I don't I don't get why you would do such a thing. Well, the funny thing is all those coaches, they still get their money. Only one that isn't is like like a um like an urban Meyer because it's contra it was oh, yeah. know, detrimental to or uh, conduct detrimental to his contract or whatever. It's like a morality clause or whatever. But most of those other teams or coaches that get fired, even John Gruden, he's still getting his money because technically he resigned. The problem is, <laughs> I thought it was very interesting that normally when you hire a head coach, you give him like five-year deal. When David Cully got hired, they only gave him a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I, th- I right think this was kind point. of like, yeah, yeah, I think this was kind of, a plan. I want to say that David Cully knew, Transition. but I think he just said, listen, it's, it's there's only 32 jobs, head coaching jobs in the NFL. I, I'm just going to take it and hope for the best and see what happens. Because he 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 knows he's been in the NFL for 30 plus years. He knows like you don't get offered a two year deal as a coach and expect to be there long. Mm-hmm. So I, I but, think he kind of I think he kind of knew. But on the franchise side, again you're at the point where now you are overlapping. You're paying two coaches. One is there, one isn't. You know that you're going to have a probably a poor season coming this next season. Yep. It doesn't make sense. Why not ride that out? You know, black or white, that's a expense that you probably don't need to add to. Doesn't make sense to me either, but. They would have ride it out. They'd have had them finish that contract. Yeah. But they do it, but no, you're right. You're correct, Coach Jay, but they do it all the time. Like when they fire coaches before the contract, as long as it was a merit-based decision, they get their money. They'll just pay them. But yeah, they do it all the time. But, you know, I don't know if they just use it as a tax write-off or what. (laughs) Right. I mean, that might be because, yeah, because it doesn't hit against their cap because coaches' salaries don't hit against the cap. So I don't know, maybe it's some sort of tax write-off for them. That's a they do it all the time. Some sort of one percenter thing we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that's what I think it is because they they do it all the time. I, in fact, all the coaches that got fired, like your Mike Zimmer's, your um, Naggies, and all that, yeah, they're still going to get paid the rest of their contract. They basically just buy them out. Mike Zimmer got the quote of the year, by the way. What do you say? Are you see him? He was like, they were asked him like last week um, when the games didn't count. He was like, uh, somebody asked him, was like, do you want to see Kellen Mond uh, get some action? He was like, oh, oh yeah. He's like, I see him in practice every day. I, don't see him. <laughs> I was like, golly. He don't like him at all. No, at all. That's why, that's how them players, that's why I brought it to uh, the Colts, man. They knew Carson Wentz ain't about that life. They see him in practice every day, just like Mike Zimmer. <laughs> they just thought at least, <laughs> at least you could beat the Jags, but maybe not. 
They know that man ain't about that life, man. Well, we'll see what the Texans do. This will be their looking for their fifth head coach in about 20 years. Keep the money train rolling, man. <laughs> Just keep being terrible. Save your money. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into the meat of this. Let's get into the exciting part. Let's get into the exciting part of this weekend. Wild card weekend. The action starts 4.30 Saturday. Raiders at Bengals. And actually, Coach Natty T, I'll have you start off with this one. Who do you have winning this one and why? I'm going back and forth on this one. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Raiders. Mm. It's with a slight upset. Um, I just think with the Bengals, because, you know, Joe Burrow's first, you know, head coach's first time, Jamar Chase's first time, sometimes, you know, you just don't know how they're going to react and play. Um, whereas I think, you know, the Raiders have a bit more, you know, have some more veterans there that have kind of been there, done that. So I think it'll be a close game. May come down to like a field goal or something like that, but I got the Raiders. Uh, score, uh, I'll say like 28-24. Nice, close one. Yeah. So, John, so you're John Madden. You never know, man. <laughs> yeah. I this I feel like a lot of these games are just like such a toss up. Like I'm I feel like this is one that's one of the hardest to pick outside of probably the Cowboys 49ers is because the Raiders and I've been dealing with them all season just through betting. <laughs> <laughs> if you just go back and listen, they're always like the end all be all to all my like parlay best. But like they always somehow find a way to win. And they literally had pretty much the worst fortune all year with John Gruden, with Henry Ruggs, and then the passing of John Madden. It's like, but they always find a way to prevail. So I'm still gonna roll with the Bengals. Because I believe they have home field. Yeah. So I'm going to go Bengals 30-27 because I don't trust the Raiders' defense. But, like, that's pretty much all I got. I wouldn't be shocked if the Raiders won, but if, if I had to place a bet on it, I would go with the Bengals. Yeah. Raiders is tough. And then even when you look at their season – if you take out the two Kansas City games where they got blown out, like every game was like, yeah, it was like three, four points. Mm-hmm. So it's and, kind and of like it's weird about it is I I assume that everybody will have it as a somewhat close game, and the thing that kind of has me lean towards the Raiders here and there is that they're they've been battle tested pretty much all season. They've been in multiple overtimes, multiple close games, and. Even in ones they lost, it's not like – I mean, it, it It was just like some, like, lapse in mental error or something, but it wasn't something crazy like, oh, they just blew that game. It's just like, oh, y'all were competitive. It's just you lost to the better team. 
So I don't know, but you know, again, they play everybody close except the Chiefs. That's it. Mm. That's, their, <laughs> that's their kryptonite. <laughs> I have to agree. Yeah, I think the Raiders, like you said, they face adversity the entire season. Being able to adjust during that adversity is, I feel, somewhat of what the playoffs is about. And if they're used to living in that mentality, um, I can see them making a little bit of a stretch, to be honest, to win a couple of games. Uh, I know that's a stretch statement, but um, just seeing that. <laughs> they're in the tournament, just, man. Anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> that one and done. Is that one and done. Yeah. Anything can happen. Coach Pace, who you got on this one? Who they nation? <laughs> <laughs> That's who I got, man. Somebody I got, in Ohio got to prove I got Joe Shiesty in the game, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's – I'm going Bengals. I don't say that with much confidence at all. I do agree with what y'all say, that if any – if there would be any team – that deserved to pass for this season outside of those that are just directly trash from the get-go, like the Texans we just talked about, like the Raiders would have been one of those teams. It's like, if you would have missed the playoffs, like no one would have batted an eye. You'd be like, yeah, I mean, what do you expect? What do you expect? Mm -hmm. And that they made it like, those are dangerous teams, man. Like that, their, their interim head coach, they, they might end up sticking with him. I don't know. They haven't, you know, they haven't, said anything about it yet so they might be an eighth coaching vacancy you know after this is said and done mm -hmm. i mean if they get at least a game if they at least win one game i think he's going to be there next year but either oh, way i think he's made a yeah. yeah either way he's made a heck of a case for himself those players obviously like playing for him so mm -hmm. if it ain't broke you know so what <laughs> I, I think I think some some players and some teams they thrive off being an underdog and being disrespected, and I think the Raiders are one of those teams. Like, mm -hmm. no matter what we do, you still don't believe in us. Okay, cool. Watch this. They win the game. Oh, you still don't believe in us? All right, bet. All right, cool. And with Darren Waller being healthy, I think that's going to be a big thing. They they really didn't figure out how to get him the ball against the Chargers, and the Chargers' defense is mediocre at best. So I, I think mm -hmm. if they really want to win this game, then they have to find a way to get him involved because he's he's able to get over 100 yards receiving just like that, at the, you know, at the drop of a hat. Uh, but the Raiders' defense is what scares me in this game because I trust the Bengals' defense more than the Raiders' defense right now. And that's one reason why I'm picking the Bengals because I'm like – who are the Raiders going to guard? Even if you find some type of scheme to, to slow down Chase, you still got Higgins and, and Boyd, Mixon running the ball. He can he can catch the ball. You know, that, that pass that Joe Burrow did a few weeks ago to go over 500 yards, that deep pass was to Joe Mixon, their running back. Their right. running back made it down the field that, that far, that quickly to get that pass. So I, the Raiders are going to have to play very disciplined football especially defensively um like i said i trust the Bengals defense a little bit more uh so i'm gonna go with Bengals in a close one i think this is gonna be a great game to watch um but i have the Bengals winning uh 35 31 it'll be something like one of those type of games i think mm -hmm. 
Um, I'll get us kicked off on the Patriots at the Bills. This could be another toss-up game. You know, um, I'm actually going to go with the Patriots in this game. And I say that Belichick usually does well with younger against younger quarterbacks. The Bills defense is good, but they have proven to be vulnerable over and over again throughout the year. And Josh Allen couldn't score a touchdown against the Jaguars. So you put all those kind of things together, like it worries <laughs> me. It worries <laughs> me when it's a one and done. If this was the best of like three or the best of five, I'm probably going to, like, okay, Bills will have a higher shot, you know. But if you just need Bill Belichick to get you just one game against this particular team and scheme for one game, I trust that. I trust that more than I trust the Bills. So um, I'm going to go Patriots uh, 30 to 24. I think it'll still be another close game. Uh, you know, Harris is, is doing good. Hunter Henry, I think he'll get back on track in, in this game. Mac Jones is, is doing what he needs to do at the quarterback position. So nothing too flashy, but he, he does his thing. So going Patriots. Uh, this is a hard one to pick too. I mean, well, not really. You can pretty much see it going any way. And I mean, like not even it being a closed game, but like blowout wide. I, at the end of the day, I'm going to have to go with Bill Belichick. I'm going to have to go with the Patriots. And the reason behind that is, is that I know that the Bills are going in to try to make it a Josh Allen versus um, Mac Jones game, but Bill isn't going to allow that. He's going to make, <laughs> he's going to make them run the ball. Um, and then I think he's going to be playing a lot of keep away just so he doesn't have to do just pretty much like how they play the first go around and they just pretty much ran wrap it on them. Uh, I'm going to go 28, 23 Patriots, but side note, I know we weren't doing the hot seat segment, but somebody needs to talk about, uh, Bart Scott, about <laughs> telling, uh, <laughs> telling Josh Allen to take Viagra before the game for blood circulation because how cold it can get. Like, nah, dog. Because if I'm <laughs> if I'm a center, <laughs> uh not like <laughs> shotgun plays, my my guy. Yeah. You're not- All game. <laughs> <laughs> did y'all hear about that? Yeah, I did. It's that one. <laughs> I or heard Mitch well, Morris or Ryan Bates. I'm like, bro, don't come behind me on that <laughs> on that Viagra stuff, bro. So we not. No, I've I did hear that, but the crazy thing is, it's actually more common than you think. A lot of NFL players actually take it. And what are they wearing cups? <laughs> I don't care. I like mentally, especially if it, my quarterback and I'm the center. Like, nah, yeah. dog. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, I'm definitely surprised he said it like in a TV setting, because that's kind of like a locker room hush hush type thing. That that's one of the things that they take. I was shocked by that, but I yeah, that it's actually pretty prevalent. Yeah. (laughs) Out of all the advice you could have gave him, that's the advice that you gave him. That's funny. Uh. 
Others, what, who you got? Patriots or Bills? Uh, I'll, I'll go out. <laughs> I can't stand Josh Allen. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> can't say I can't stand Josh Allen. I don't like the coverage around Josh Allen because, again, like, you know, we talk about so many quarterbacks and this man has six points against the Jaguars, but he, get, he got a pass for that. I don't know why. Regardless, I'm going to give him one more chance. Mm. Taking the Bills. I just think similar to the um, Georgia-Alabama situation, the Bills are better than the Patriots. Like that, I mean, they're better. And I think as much as Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick, um, I think the last game they played at Foxborough kind of showed that the Bills are the overall better team, head and shoulders. And I think if they let Josh Allen run more, I think that would be the key to the game. Because I think that the infamous game where Mac Jones threw two passes, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if from a game plan standpoint on offense, what the Bills were doing. Um, I thought, obviously, the Patriots ran all over them, but they only scored 14 points. Like, Josh Allen, you should be able to score a touchdown. So I know the conditions are going to be bad, but I'm like, it's Buffalo. You at home, you guys practice in it, playing it all the time. You're supposed to be from Montana or whatever, and you're built for this and all this other crap. (laughs) Then just go out there and do it. So I got the Bills uh, 24, Patriots 17. And Mac Jones, I don't know. Since that two pass game, I don't know, man. He Mac, Mac ten lost his swag, man. He don't look the same to me. Listen, man, Josh Allen about to lose with the stiffy. <laughs> <laughs> that man about to be losing, walking off, <laughs> walking Listen, off if, with a hard on, bro. Oh my god! I I'll say this: if Josh Allen loses this game, I'm putting him in my Carson Wentz cup. <laughs> <laughs> wow I, I can't say all that because at least Josh Allen took his team to the playoffs I don't care so did Carson Wentz technically so did Carson Wentz technically <laughs> that was a fluke year okay that was well, a fluke year and ideally yes we would have made it even if he stayed healthy because he was hot yeah. but all of that just gets overshadowed because of I mean Nick Foles just I think Placing that Foles in that team and just show how good the team was versus more so how good Carson was. Yeah. But regardless, Bills lose this game. He's him and Carson wins are cousins. <laughs> Her cousins. Coach Natty T, you're nasty. You're so nasty. I was like, <laughs> you're so nasty. You're so nasty. What? <laughs> Hey, man, he just uh, the AFC title game. Carson Wentz was listen. He didn't. He technically ain't really made the playoffs. It's really cutting it down the line. Dude, look, look at Josh Allen's numbers, bro. That junk is a roller coaster. I do not want to ride. I'm telling you, for for the amount of hype that he gets, you know, oh, he's an MVP. Even after the game where the man didn't score a touchdown against the Jaguars by an Urban Meyer-led Jaguars, by the way, 
and you see how trash they were. And this man was still top five at MVP voting. I'm like, am I living in the twilight zone? What is going on? That man, Lamar Jackson, he had dropped all the way down to like 13th. On the- <laughs> uh, so that's that's kind of where my that's where I'm coming from. I'm like, if he loses this game to the Patriots with no Tom Brady, you're supposed to be Mr. AFC East for the next 10 years. Win the game, please. Score a touchdown. Back 10, boy. Come on, man. Like, that's just trash if you lose this game. I'm sorry. Even with the great Bill Belichick. Trash. All right. So, it's supposed to be, like, sub-zero windshield. Like, single digits at kickoff. I'm going to pick him. I'm going to ride with him. I'm I'm going Buffalo. Mm. I don't know what the score going to be. I'm going to just say like 23-20. But since there's no win this time and he going to be able to sling it, I'm like, all right, he got a chance. If it was, if there was some win, like 20-degree gusts of win, I'm like, I'm picking the Patriots because I already know this. I probably be with you. Like, I definitely, I definitely would pick the the Patriots. Like, even with more confidence, if they couldn't throw the ball. Um, but yeah, yeah, Coach. Hey, he's supposed to be from Montana with the strong arm. He's supposed to be able to deal with that, yeah, right? Did he play at Wyoming too? <laughs> they were like hyping that up. Mm-hmm. I hear it. Get it done. All right, you got to break the you got to break the tie, Coach Jay. We're um. I'm focused more on the defense. It depends on which defense shows up. You got two really good defenses that can play well or flat out fail. Um, <laughs> and whichever defense shows that quarterback, their their true colors is going to win the game. I have a feeling that it is going to be the Patriots. I'm sorry that I'm, I'm leaning that direction, but um, I think the defense is more of the coaches handprint to me maybe because i'm more of a defensive fan but the handprint of the coach is really in the defense offense is more decisions really but that by the quarterback um more so than even the play calling and i think that the bill or the uh the patriots are going to pull it off just making the right adjustments um i don't think it'll be a very high scoring game actually and i i feel like that's Billichek's like that's his world where he works in he forces his opponents in a box and kind of constraints. I think he's going to do that with, with uh, Allen, do the same thing, just kind of constraint his possible passes, um, his options that are going to be open. I don't know where Stefan Diggs was and is. Uh, Knox has kind of more been standing out to me than Diggs. The running game comes alive, goes to sleep, comes alive, goes to sleep. To me, the offense is love roller coaster, just like you said, Coach Natty T. So I, I, I feel that somewhere along that line, there's going to be stress that that Belichick is going to add to that uh, team and and win it. So I'd say a low score, like something like 17, 14, something like that. Okay, that makes sense too. I listen, Patriots win. That'll bring a spot on my face. I can tell you. <laughs> I cannot stand that Josh Allen talk, man. I can't stand it. Oh, I want to hear what the excuse is now if he loses this game. Yeah. 
Yeah, so all of that, those two games, that's just Saturday. That's just Saturday, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to head into Sunday. Coach Murphy, go ahead and kick us off. Eagles at Bucks. All right, man. Listen. <laughs> I'm rolling Wait. with Philly. And it's not the fan. I'm an objective fan, okay? Yeah. I, I know we're facing Tom Brady, but – just like how we spoke of earlier, or we'll coach JP3 talked about the underdog mentality of the Raiders. If we all just recollect what happened back during our Super Bowl 52 run, we rode off of that underdog mentality. So with the Bucks having all of the injuries in their secondary and it, it doesn't pay too much mind because we're really not a throwing team. We're more so of a running team. So I'm not really worried about the secondary of being beat up. I think in that case, they're going to like, this is going to be like the sink or swim moment for Jalen Hurts. It's just like, all right, like they're going to make you a passer. So you have to complete these passes. Devontae Smith is proven. He's a beast. So you just got to be accurate with your throws. If I'm, you know, Nick Sirianni, I'm looking at Jalen Hurts like, listen, if you're struggling, I wouldn't be against putting in Garner Minshew. Like, I know you don't want to break people's rhythm, but in terms of a passer, everybody knows Garner Minshew is just a better thrower of the football than Jalen Hurts. But playmaking-wise, Jalen Hurts is that he's just way better. But the defense is looking good. They're lo- they don't have guy when A.B.'s out. Um, I know Mike Evans, he had like a little hamstring injury during the last game. So, I mean, it's pretty much Brady, like offensively, it's pretty much Brady with the Patriots his last year because <laughs> you just you just have a bunch of like other receivers. Even I believe Perriman is going to miss the game as well, who caught the walk-off touchdown for them a couple weeks ago. So it's just a Gronk, really. Yeah, it's pretty much just Gronk. So, you know. Uh, Darius Slay, they finally found a package to make him more effective. So he, it's either he's going to, if Mike Evans plays and he's not 100%, he's going to exit him out. And then it's just everybody else got to do their job. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go Philly. I'm going to go Philly 20, 28, 24. I am skeptical because we don't have Sanders, so we'll just be doing – it'll be uh, Gainswell, Boston, Scott, and Jordan Howard. But I just feel like this is just one of those winnable games for us. And we haven't beaten a win a team with a winning record this year. All of our wins came from losing record teams. But um, this team is just beat up. you got to take advantage of that. Interesting. Uh, oh no, no, you good? You good? Yeah, just real quick, I'll hop in. I uh, I actually think it's going to be the Bucks that'll take this on and win this, um, despite having a beat up defense, hurt offense. I think they'll find a way to win this. I was looking over the season for the for the Bucks, and I think that they've had tough games. The real like game that they had all kinds of time and preparation 
and still just didn't make it work was against the Saints when they were when they were completely shut out zero to nine. Um, that was the one game that I saw that the Bucks had an issue with Tom Brady, and that's where it matters. You might have an issue with AB. You might have an issue with uh, playoff Lenny or with, I don't know, Godwin. But if you have an issue with Tom Brady, I think that's that's where the losses are going to show up. Tom had less than 200 yards passing that game. And I don't see the Eagles doing that against Brady. They didn't hold anybody to less than 200 yards unless you're a giant or a football team, Washington. I don't I don't think that that's going to happen this time around. you got to get into Tom's head because he's going to use whoever else steps up. Some no name that came off the, the practice squad who's been, you know, sitting on somebody's couch for a week or whatever is going to be the guy that start star uh, that shows up. And I think that's what's going to happen this time around with the Bucks. They're going to pull it out. I do understand I that, saying. but I do want to put this out there. Remember that this is the second time they're playing this year, and they were fully healthy when they faced Philly the first go-around, and Philly lost 28-22. to 22. What was the uh, third word you said? Philly, second word, Philly lost. Oh, okay. yeah, but, they were, but they were fully healthy. That was with Mike Evans, that was with A.B., that was with Chris Godwin, and they held them to 28 points, and Hurts was able to get 22 on them. So now you're talking about the same team quarterback wise, but you're stripping all of his weapons, pretty much all his weapons away from him. And this was before Philly made that transition on defense as well. So their defense is way better than what it was when they held them to 28 and now they have less weapons. So it'll be interesting. The only caveat really, it'll be the coaching because this is Nick Sirianni's first year head coaching and, you know, he's going to, of course, they have the more experience. The Bucks have the more experienced coach, but Philly, I feel like Philly is way better than what the Bucks were when they first played. And I, that was on the road as well. That was in Tampa. No, that was Week Six. That was actually at Philly. Oh, but okay. I, 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 I don't know. That was so early in the season, man. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna happen again. Listen, man, all I know is you better show up next week if they win because I'm going everybody. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, Go ahead. Go ahead. Put, me, uh, put me first on the chopping block. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, I I got the Bucks. Um, I don't do like this, 90s. <laughs> no, well, I don't think – no, no. I mean, I – I think, and I'm looking at the weather too for Sunday in Tampa. It's going to be rainy. Um, I think it's 2017 Bucks, and I think Tom Brady. The only reason why I'm picking the Bucks is Tom Brady. I think it's going to be one of those like, you know, two minute drive, fourth quarter, and then he gets a field goal to win. That, that's what I think. They're, that's how I think they're going to do it. I think the Eagles are going to give them hell on Sunday. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball throughout the game. I think um, between, you know, Sirianni and obviously um, Jalen Hurts, I think they're going to run the ball very well. I think he's going to make a lot of plays. I think they may even lead majority of the game, but I just, 
it's just hard for me to bet against Tom Brady. So I just, I think 2017 late minute or, you know, last second walk-off field goal, you know, on a Tom Brady drive in the last two minutes. That's what I think is going to happen. Man, listen, I, I literally side with Natty, Coach Natty T. <laughs> I'm literally going bucks off off GP because it's Tom Brady, and I think it's gonna it's gonna be hellacious on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm I'm thinking like, and it's gonna be a one possession game, so I'm like, okay, or it's gonna be tied. So I gotta go with Tom in that situation. But like, it's gonna be like 17, 17, 14. I could see it being 13, 10 type game because I I just. And it's raining, yeah. So like, if they say if Philly sit here and win, I I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm gonna just nope. I'm gonna just say one has Tom Brady, the other one doesn't. We got Nick Sirianni. No. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> this is football, hey, not rock paper. Far, man. You gotta ride it <laughs> to the end, man. I'm about to say every far. time I bet against Brady, I lose money. So <laughs> not doing it until I'm proven otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I. Until he retires five years from now, I'm always going to be scared of Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 15 years. I expected it to go this way anyway. I felt like I was going to be the only one to pick Philly. Because <laughs> you, wanted, you wanted the underdog mentality, didn't you? Because <laughs> we talked about last year when they played Washington in the first round. Mm-hmm. Now, Washington, they made that a game. They made that a game. Taylor Heineke played really well. Mm-hmm. But I, I so I think it's going to be similar. Uh, I I have it a like twenty to seventeen type type game. This is and I I agree with a lot that's been said already. I'm just going to add. Um, I Coach Murph, your point about the coaches that's what worries me. Mm-hmm. We have not seen Sirianni in a playoff game. Playoff is so much different than regular season, and mm-hmm. it's something you can't learn until you're in it. And learning on a job is really hard. Uh, and you're playing a team that just won the Super Bowl last year, and their quarterback has seven of them. Like, and they would have had eight if it wasn't for your team, which goes to my next point. The insane competitive nature that goats in most sports have is that they don't forget anything. And they will come up with anything that they can and take it out on your team. Jordan used to make up people saying stuff to him, make up feeling disrespected just to come after you. And if he actually did say something, it was even worse. Tom Brady's losses hurt so much, and he's doing that that 10 for 10 docuseries where he's going over all 10 of his Super Bowl appearances. And he just a couple weeks ago finished the one with the Eagles. They aired it. And he talked about how much that that killed him because he knows they should have won that game. He's going to take it out any way possible on Sunday. He's he about to call Jalen Hurts Nick Foles for no reason. <laughs> Nick Foles, exactly. <laughs> He's going to look at Jalen Hurts and see Nick Foles. Yes, it's all going to be oh, in yeah. his imagination. But that's how some people are wired. That's how extremely competitive people are wired. And because of that, I think that gives them an even bigger edge. Um, so I'm going with the Bucs uh, in a close one there. Now, I don't even want to talk about that. Okay, so 49ers at Cowboys. I, I just want to say big ups to the NFC West. 
you know, we were talking about them right when the season first started. And we were saying this is going to be the best division in football. And they got mm-hmm. three out of their four teams in the playoffs. That's ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. crazy. And they all three <laughs> are <laughs> NFC West fan here, the Rams fan. I just want to know who won the division. Uh, (laughs) We ain't talking about them right now. (laughs) Coach Pace can't wait to talk about the ribs. But uh, so, yes. So 49ers at Cowboys. This is one of those games where I'm nervous. And I'm nervous because I'm just waiting for the Cowboys to let me down. Like, I'm just waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. And what makes me nervous about this particular game is that sometimes our defense is carrying us a little bit too much in games, right? And when games – and when the offense can't put up points and the defense has to continuously put in work, it's just a matter of time before the offense figures it out. Like the 49ers offense figures it out against Dallas's defense. Cause they're not beyond giving up points. We've seen that. And though there are a lot of question marks surrounding Jimmy G, I'm looking at what are some things that travel well in playoff football defenses and the running game. Dallas has struggled with their running game throughout the year. The 49ers have a, an exceptional running game with Elijah Mitchell and their Debo Samuel can do it all. Debo Samuel. I mean, you saw it last week. He was like, you know, I catch something over here. I'll, I'll run in a touchdown. You want me to throw a touchdown? All right. Say less. He throws a touchdown. And so for games that where your offense, if you're the Cowboys is not going to be able to put up a lot of points though, that one big play that Debo Samuel, touchdown pass could be the difference between a win or a loss. And when you're not able to run the ball well, and the 49ers are pretty good against the run, they're pretty good against the run. Um, Zeke's going to have a hard time, I think. Uh, So it's going to be more of Dak needing to win this game. I hope I see the Dak that they paid that huge contract to. (laughs) Because he's capable of doing that. He's shown us that he's capable of doing that. And he's usually good in the playoffs. So, but I stick, I stick by the Cowboys. I'm nervous, but I have them winning this game 28 uh, to 24 Cowboys. I'm going to regret this next week on next week's show, but 28, 24 Cowboys. All right. I'm rolling with the 49ers. Ah. That's the end of it. <laughs> you just taking it out on everybody else. <laughs> That's it. That's it. 24, 23. They're just gonna they're just a master in the run game and their defense. I've I've just the way Dak has been playing on and off, and I know everybody was like, oh, you know, I feel good after you know, the week 18 game against the Philly, you know, second, third string backup, secondary, so on and so forth. We're in rhythm. Like, you're in rhythm against practice squad players. They put the So now you're back to reality. You're back to reality. And even 
like Philly's defense doesn't like first string defense doesn't amount to the 49ers defense. So it's like, yeah, you put up 51 points, but now you're just about to get your brains beat in. So, I mean, Dak has been struggling. He's been on and off. Um, and this is – he has performed at a high level every time he's played in a playoff game. Um, but you're facing a quarterback as much as, you know, Jimmy G could, you know, be a liability. He has taken a team to a Super Bowl. So, um, and then plus, I mean, you just look at the coach. We've been talking about coaches for pretty much all, all these playoff games. And, I mean, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm going to take that. I just believe in Kittle and Debo. I feel like they're, they're going to give Micah Parsons a tough time. And plus, he just got out of COVID protocol. So, we'll see if that affects them at all. But, um they're about to have that defense running all over the place. So maybe that'll make it easier in the past game for Jimmy G. All he has to do is make sure he doesn't make those, you know, simple mistakes he, he makes and um, they'll, they'll move on. But like I said, this is the game I'm looking forward to watching the most outside of Philly, just because of the fandom. But if I wasn't a fan of any team, this will be the, like the marquee game to me. This is going to be a really exciting game. I I love that this is the matchup. This this team, the Niners Cowboys rivalry postseason thing has been going on. I had to look it up. They've met each other for what seven times. Uh, looking up right now, Cowboys are actually leading Price Hog JP three. The Cowboys have won five of those seven games against the Niners. Um, now the Cowboys can do it this time around. That's my pick. Uh, but their defense, I think, is going to have to be the determining factor. They got to be that turnover machine that they've been in the past with Trayvon Diggs, if he's healthy. Uh, of course, Micah Parsons, Lawrence, you name it. They got to show up, whomever they are. I'm a little, a little concerned about the um, the run stop, but I feel again, I'm using my feelings instead of stats this time. But I feel that the Cowboys will have the better edge as far as cornering the Niners and keeping them in a constrained play style. You know, they already know that you're going to pound the ball. If they can uh, muster the strength to block, um, uh, block the run game, cut into those gaps, stop the trickery that goes on with Debo Samuels, whether he's passing, running, catching, kicking, I don't know. um, Then I think that'll be a, a win for the Cowboys. We'll see though. Um, let me just be a hundred percent real here. Picking the Cowboys just because I made a prediction win. at the beginning of the season. I think they'll win their first game and then lose the next round. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Daddy. No, I've 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 been consistent on this. Come JP3. I've I've said this from from when they were like five and one. I'm like, they're good, but they're second round playoff exit because they're not beating the Bucks, even an injured Bucks, and they're not beating the Green Bay Packers. So just... <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna beat they, they would beat Philly. Whoa, 
they're not going to make it out the first round. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? So I think, and I actually disagree with you, Coach JP3. I think the fact that they've been leaning on their defense, I trust that more. Mm. Um, and my final point, I'm talking to Jerry Jones. Because this is why I'm picking them to win this game, but they're losing next week. So if they do, so you already have my prediction for next week. Because Jerry, you're not fooling me. Because this is what you do. You talk so damn much. Oh, it's Super Bowl or bust. He knows damn well it's not Super Bowl or bust. But if he puts that out there, then they lose. Everybody's going to talk about the Cowboys. I'm not falling for it, Jerry. I'm picking y'all to win this game, and then y'all going to lose the next game. But don't give me that Super Bowl or bust nonsense. And shut the hell up. Just own the daggone team and quit talking. Because you're not fooling me. I know what he does. Because he talks so much just to keep him in the news, just so every sports, uh, you know, debate show could start off with the Cowboys first. Mm-hmm. You're not fooling me, Jerry Jones. I'm not buying your merchandise. You're not <laughs> fooling me. So y'all are a good team. You're solid. You're good. But you're not great. Don't give me, oh, you know, Super Bowl or butt. No, you didn't say that all season. You said that now going into the playoffs because you know that was going to stir up a whole bunch of noise. You're not fooling me, Jerry. I know how you made your money. I respect that, but you're not fooling me. That's <laughs> the funny thing about that is, like, when people say Super Bowl or buzz, it's like, I mean, okay, if y'all don't make the Super Bowl, like, what changes are you going to make? You have everybody pretty much under contract. Exactly. Like all the big play. And, like, the only thing you would really do is, like, oh, we lost. We got to find a new head coach. Everybody's been saying that Mike McCarthy or Mike McCarthy isn't the coach for y'all, anyways. So it's not like you want to do some game changing or like organization changing shift to make y'all even more competitors next year than this year. So it's not Super Bowl or bust. It's just another year y'all in the playoffs. So. Exactly. Super Bowl or bust means you're blowing the team up next year. You're not blowing up the team next year, Jerry. Shut up. You literally can't. <laughs> you can't. Shut up. Just enjoy that you, you won 12, 13 games this year. That's a little NFC East championship that don't mean nothing. You might you probably win the playoff game, get to the next round. That's it. Just be okay with that and just keep improving on the next year because you've improved your defense. That's a very – that's a fantastic feat coming from where they were. Just be happy in that. And just build off that. Don't don't give us this little cliche BS that you want to give just out of the blue. You know, like, like I'm a little, little afraid of here is that because the 49ers are good at stopping the run, that but still, even if teams are good at stopping the run, you have to give the illusion that the run is still going to be, you know, you're going to go to it. So you still got to go to runs every now and then or extended runs, like where you're throwing short passes to the running back, anything that simulates a run-type offense, offensive play. And because to their credit, they did that well against the Bucs. You know, they still lost, but it was the Bucs at full strength, you know, first game of the season. What I'm worried about is that this is going to be the Pete Carroll effect, where they're going to try to prove why that got his money, and they're going to say, win the game for us. And he's going to throw the ball 40 40 to 45 times they usually don't win when he does that that's what no, I'm usually they don't win they don't win when he does that yes that's what that's what 
Seattle did with Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl and a couple other games. I think that's what they're going to do here. I hope they don't because if they stick to their traditional game plans of a balanced offense, they might they'll they'll win the game most likely. But if not, they're going to lose and it won't be close. Go ahead, Coach Pace. You haven't chimed in yet. Um, I'm gonna just say this: I got the 49ers. Dang goodness! I was about to say I'm the only one with the. I'm gonna be by myself on two different games. And listen, the 49ers can rush four. I seen it firsthand last week. The 49ers can rush four and drop seven. And Dak's going to be throwing 40 to 45 times. Recipe mm-hmm. for a net. Jimmy G, the only thing they need to avoid is Jimmy G turning the ball over because the Cowboys aren't going to be able to stop Debo or the running game or Kittle if they get him. And that's so, how you slow down a pass rush, right? The Cowboys pass rush is great, but if they run the ball, they're not going to be able to tee up on Garoppolo at all. Yeah, so, like, at this point, any team that I see can rush four and drop seven because they did it with the Rams last week, and I'm like, yeah, that was crazy. So, I already know what they about to do. Cowboys ain't going to have no answer for that run game. I got I got 49ers 30-28. to 28. I forgot to mention, made a little friendly bet on the the Eagles game. And I said oh. if the Eagles upset the Bucks, I'm buying well, a Jalen Hurts. You, you buying me one? I'm buying you one? Yeah. All right, fine. Fine. I'm, I'm buying you. There's no shame in that to buy yourself a Jalen Hurts jersey. There's no shame in that. Black quarterback. Black yeah, yeah, come on, man. No, that's no I bet. Was to be sold out. And, and I appreciate it. Because if you do that, then I don't know. I'll, I'll give me a Devontae Smith jersey too, just so I can just complete complete something. I don't know. I'm excited, man. I appreciate it. And we got it on record. So we everybody on record. remember this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, yeah. I'm like, James, how you gonna buy yourself a Jalen Hurts jersey? Like, that's not <laughs> Wait, like that's respectable. I mean, who did you make this bet with? So well, I remember I put it in in our chat. And I was like, yo, if the Eagles win this off, I'm going to buy a Jalen Hurts jersey. Oh, okay. And, now, yeah, and now, Keith yeah. was like, you better get your 125 ready. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to you gotta ship that to me. I'll, I'll text you my uh, – actually, I'm about to text you my address right now. <laughs> What's your yeah. dad going address, bro? I don't, okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and text it to me. Go ahead and text it to me. <laughs> hey, I'm about to be hype. Hold on. <laughs> All right. We go – we're going to move on to Coach Jay. Go ahead and get us started on the Steelers at Chiefs game. Okay. Listen, man, we haven't talked about an upset game yet. Why not talk about this game as the upset game? I mean, it makes sense, right? Ladies and gentlemen that are listening to this podcast, I am officially saying that the Steelers are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs oh my God. in this game. All right. <laughs> I believe hey, that somehow I can see why you took that hiatus. I can tell why you haven't been here in weeks. What the hell are you talking about? Listen, 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 listen. I'll be here next week to be either embarrassed or to be embarrassing someone else. Listen, let but, Philly win and the pay, and the Steelers lose. Oh my God, you about to have a tough week. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish my prediction. So I okay. believe. 
that there will be an upset here. I believe that the NFL gods will shine down on Ben. Wait, where the and even go? though it's been, he, yeah, he left the show. <laughs> <laughs> even though, even though Ben hasn't thrown a a 500 yard pass game since last year, I think that this is the game that he's going to come out, come back. The Fountain of Youth is going to show up just for one game, and he's going to get that 500-yard game. I believe that he's not going to throw three turnovers and lose against the Kansas City Chiefs as they did in their past facing with them or against the Browns throwing five interceptions last time they were in the playoffs. I think that the, the Steelers are going to somehow find some more grace. They've already got enough. Why not one more game? Steelers. I'm going to give the score 37-26 Steelers. Man, that, that would be an upset. Oh, yeah. And fun fact, I didn't think you – I thought you were going to mention this, um, uh, Coach Jay. The last time Ben won a playoff game was in Kansas City. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. That is a great fun fact. Why not? Like, it makes sense. And you know what? I'm all in on this bus because in, initially, probably about halfway through the season, I was rooting for us to lose, lose, lose. We need drafts. We need to replace this dude real quick. We've been too far ahead now. I, we can't. We can't lose. Please don't lose, Steelers. <laughs> Yo, I I don't even know what to say to you right now, John. You're you're no longer Coach Jay. I'm calling you Jonathan, bro. Like, oh, come on, man. Come on. Man. Like, come you, on. You, government you, name out there, man. You, you, you come on, government know. name out there. You know. <laughs> He's like, you I know people are crazy. You're going to look him up. <laughs> Please, I want everybody, like, on your social media, bro. Like, all right, listen. <laughs> I, You know I have a soft spot for the Steelers in my heart. You know, I respect the heck out of that franchise. And I rooted, I was so happy when they got into the playoffs. We we got a quarterback who was three years past retirement. Oh, come still on playing. Now. Okay. Right. People we, think this game is his retirement party. This is his retirement party, you know. But we we got, you know, injuries plaguing us. We almost lost out of the playoffs because of a tie that could almost happen in overtime haven't we suffered enough and then you just gonna loft <laughs> this out there for the masses to talk about upset i'm upset that you're talking about this right now <laughs> you talking about you riding the bus well we don't have the bus anymore he retired years ago we had the bus i might be with you i might be with you to wear down that kansas city defense i i i just I just don't see it. I don't see us being able to put up enough points. I I think Najee Harris will have a good game. That man, that dude is legit, and he has a bright future and will make the Steelers successful for years to come as long, the caveat is, as long as they can find a quarterback after this season. Mm-hmm. If not, you're going to waste Najee Harris's career. Just putting that out there. Absolutely agree. I I just don't see how Ben Roethlisberger, you're talking about 500 yards passing from last year. He hasn't passed for 500 yards in like the last three games. Like combined. Like you put the last three games, <laughs> we barely throw 500 yards in those games. Uh, and, barely right. <laughs> and you talked about, like we talked, we hyped it up last year 
and we got our butts kicked by the Browns. And now we're talking about the, the Super Bowl twice. twice, you know? So, like, now we're talking about the Chiefs. Like, listen, I, I, I love the Steelers, man, but we ain't, we ain't, we ain't got it, man. We, we ain't got We just lucky to be here. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just – you know how you had a long day and, mm-hmm. and, and you show up somewhere that you need to be? Like, man, you, just be happy I'm here. Man, just be happy I made it today. That's what okay. I say at work all the time. That's that's how the Steelers feel right now. They just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. They still dancing in the locker room. They still dancing in the locker room. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm I'm gonna go, man. Listen, I, I'm gonna do both games. So I'm gonna do this one and the Rams one because I gotta hop off here. But I'm gonna just tell you this, Coach J. Let's pray to God that it's even a close score because if. And they get the doors blown off them because you you praying to the wrong guys too. You praying to the football guys when we only got one guy. You supposed to only pray. You know what? That's how I care about your team. It's cool. I'm gonna leave you alone. You really came on here and tried to just manifest something that didn't even make sense. <laughs> tried to manifest something that didn't make sense. I don't understand it. I... Hey, I'm busy right now. But I didn't want to miss this topic. <laughs> You're crazy. I just, I just it, make it make sense. Make it make sense. I'm gonna leave you alone. I'm gonna leave you alone till next week. Don't let me see you next. It's week. not supposed to make sense. Clearly, it's not. At least we all agree on that. Really, we do. We agree. Really pick the Steelers. I'm done. Hey man, but Rams. I got the Rams winning. I don't believe in the Cardinals. They're looking like the Seahawks last year. Yeah, right. No Rams. I don't care what the score is. Just know they're taking a dub. If I see any of y'all pick any of the Cardinals, don't worry. I'm going to see y'all next week. Okay. All right, I'm back. The way you on the roll right now, Coach Jay, you look like you you picking the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> Are you about to pick the Cardinals? He nods his head. I'm like, yeah, he not. He rear back in the seat like, yeah. No, hey, he, no, oh, he about to pick the Cardinals. Yep, I'm going to see him next week. <laughs> but, all right, so did I did I miss the Chiefs-Steelers uh, one or did I make it in time? No, nah, I did I did both. So I got to hop off. Oh, well, I got the Chiefs. Coach Jay, I don't know what you want. I I did catch uh, Coach Pace's, you know, the wrong guy statement. I feel like that's the perfect summary for that. Chiefs 33, <laughs> Steelers 17. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just like lost since I just came back. But I'm taking the Rams. There's really just no reason, really. I mean, I just feel like they're the better team. And I believe D-Hop is back, but, I mean, D-Hop, Jalen Ramsey, D-Hop kind of turns pedestrian when he, he faces them. And Kyler Murray's been, like, up and down. He's been struggling as of late. So I'm running with the Rams. Uh, we'll say 33-24. Yeah, I got uh, I got the Chiefs. I actually think it will be closer than what the spread is saying. Um, not necessarily because of Ben Roethlisberger, but because of T.J. Watt. I think he's going to him and Mika Fitzpatrick will give Mahomes some trouble. Uh, but 
I think it will be closer, like, you know, through the first half and everybody will be like, oh, the Chiefs, I don't know. But then I think um, I think they'll pull away in the second half. I think like 31-21, that's what I have um, for Chiefs. And then I guess since we already picked uh, the next game, I got the Rams. I like Kyler Murray. I really like Kyler Murray, but, man, I'll tell you, Cliff Kingsbury, good Lord. <laughs> Woo-wee. Uh, so I, I'll – Rams, 34-24. Uh, Jay, you want to do your Rams Cardinals pick? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Rams too. Actually, um, I think that the cards have kind of been shaky, man. They've only won one game in the last five, um, and that's losses to Detroit, the playoff list Colts right now, and then the Seattle Seahawks. I'm a little concerned for that reason. the Cowboys, but. For that reason, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Rams. Um, I hadn't even put a prediction out there. I think it'd be a high-scoring game for the Rams, though, for sure. Thirty something. I don't know if the Cards will pull off more than probably about 22 points, somewhere around there. Go ahead with the Rams, Cardinals. I mean, you could tell by my reaction to Coach J, who I'm going with with the Steelers Chiefs game. So we ain't even got to talk about that. Um, I'm going to go Rams too. I guess I, I think that's the only one we're unanimous on, if I'm not mistaken. Like that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, if the Cardinals won, we'll be really upset. Cause that's the game we all went in on and then that's the game that, you know, is an upset, but yeah, the Cardinals are just, you know, if you, if you were to ask me this question like eight weeks ago, I'd have been like, man, Cardinals might, they, they going to do it. They going to do it. You know, we, we talked about early MVPs and, you know, Kyler Murray was in was definitely leading that conversation coach of the year we're like well they're the best team they're undefeated so I guess you got to go with Cliff Kingsbury and man has that narrative shifted over the last half of the season so yeah um you don't know exactly what Cardinals team you're gonna get and they really haven't been the same since Kyler came back from injury so like I I um they may make it close ish you know, but I, I'm looking at a, 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 a 30, uh, 37 to, to 30 at the closest. You know, I, I don't know if they'll get within a touchdown as far as, you know, the final score. Um, I trust the Rams defense much more than the Cardinals defense. Who is t- they are talented. The Cardinals defense is, is definitely mm-hmm. talented. They're, they're, they're building that in the right direction for sure. Um, but Sometimes I think they lean a little bit too much on Kyler Murray, where it's just like, Kyler, you got to make a play. You got to make a play. Come on, Kyler, we got the ball. You got to make a play. And for teams that are able to shut off one side of the field, and yet you're asking your quarterback to continuously make a play um, with a front seven who was very impressive. So his ability to scramble isn't as strong as it is against some other teams. So you're taking away his number one target and you're limiting his, his dual threat capabilities. And when that happens, Kyler Murray is, is basically like, okay, I'm going to have to work up with my second and third option and I can't just dip out of the pocket like I usually do. 
And if I do maybe only get like four yards instead of eight, nine yards that I traditionally get against another team, those things matter in, in, in the team. So uh, especially in, 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 in the playoffs. So I'm going with Rams like 37 to 30. You know, I think the, the Cardinals are good enough to put up some points for sure and, and kind of test a little bit of that defense. Um, that's how much respect I have for Kyler Murray and, and some of those other guys over there, but not enough to get the job done. Uh, I, I Cooper Cup's going to have a huge game. I don't see them stopping. I don't think anyone can actually stop him. I think <laughs> you just have to, to hope he drops the ball. Like that's that's the best you can do. I got Odell for five for five catches, eighty two yards in a tub. I think he's about to be like locked in after the whole Giants thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's about to. They want to make it a point to give him a, a decent game. Yes, and I, as long the only thing that can make the Cardinals win this game, or maybe like a a field goal type of game is if Stafford tries to force the ball to Odell. And Coach Natty T texted me last week and was like, I think he's trying to force the ball to Odell. Like, that's not going to work. And on that last drive, he did. That last was, drive, man. Yeah. He was doing fine, like, earlier in the game as far as, like, trying to spread the love around. But, like, you, Cup was having – was on the way of, like, breaking even more records, and, 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 and you stopped throwing him the ball. Mm-hmm at the biggest point of the game, like who does that? And expects to have positive results. So when did the Cowboys to play the 49ers? That's why. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Yes. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Well, fellas, we got through all the games. We made our picks. We're locked in and we are ready to watch this excellent wild card weekend. This is just the beginning of the playoffs and we're, we're going to be off to an exciting start. I know it. I know it. So on behalf of Coach Murph, Coach J, and Coach Natty T, I'm your host, Coach JP3. It's been a pleasure. Stay blessed. Stay safe. Talk to y'all next week. Enjoy the games, y'all. Peace.